But today we're finishing a series called SOAP. And I don't know if you know what that's about, but so I'll let you in on that. SOAP simply stands for this. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And so we've been talking about those four components over the last several weeks. And so we've done scripture, we've done observation, we've done application. And today we're going to land on something called prayer. And so I'm really excited to talk on this. I'm really excited to get to that topic. But I felt like it's important that I give you kind of a, a, a recap of what's happened over the last three weeks. If you would like to watch those messages, you can go online. You can go to the app, Elevation Church STL and get those right there, and they're immediately available to you to kind of help you get started. But, but at the, at, at, kind of at the bottom line of all of this, SOAP is about helping people learn to get something out of the Bible. You know what I mean? It's like when I say the word study the Bible, a lot of people are like, I'm out. I don't, I'm out. I don't want to have anything to do with that. But when I say to you, you want to get something from the Bible, you might say, well, that sounds interesting. You know, if I said to you, could you hear from God? Do you want to hear from God? You'd be like, well, that, that's a little better than study the Bible, right? And so, so this entire series is trying to help us get something from the Bible because I believe this 100% is that God wants you to hear from him. He's not hiding. It's not like he's sitting up in heaven going, hey, can you hear me, buddy? Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I'm going to get quieter. Because I don't want him to hear me. Isn't that weird? Like God doesn't do that. He's not, he's not, he, he wants to speak loudly in your life. And one of the things that we've talked about is how when we read the Bible, we are literally hearing God's word. And so that's why it becomes so essential for us to grab hold of it. And so we've talked about how important it is that we feast on the Word of God. It's like a meal, you know, and, and, and I've kind of mentioned that sometimes what happens is we come to church and we feast on the Word and we feast on the church and we feast on all that God's doing at the church, but then throughout the week we do nothing. Throughout the week we only eat ketchup packets. And then we're wondering, why in the world do I feel malnourished in my spiritual walk with God? Why is that? Well, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand why you're feeling malnourished. Because, see, when you grab hold of the Word of God and begin to put it into your life, the spiritual life in you begins to be nourished and come alive, right? And so that's what we hope happens through this series as you learn what it looks like to really invest yourself in understanding what God is saying. And so part of that is that we have to get the Scripture and we have to read it. I know, I know, that's really hard and complicated, but the Scripture is there. Step one read it, right? I know, it's just, I mean, it's so complicated, but, but it's, it's one of those things that you just can't have that kind of relationship with the Bible where it's just kind of passing in the night, you know? You just can't have that. If you really want to hear from God, you've got to grab hold of it and feast on it and read it. And then here's the thing we've talked about is you can't just read it, you've got to observe it. So often we just read something and we move on. How many times have you spent time in the Word, you've read the Bible, maybe you've even read a couple chapters of the Bible, and you've walked away and said, I have no idea what that was for. I don't even know why I did it. You know, it's like, ah, oh, that was a complete waste of my time. You know what I mean? And maybe you've had that experience. I suspect you have. But I'll tell you this. When you slow down enough to start to observe what's really there, 
When you speak to God and you say, God, will you speak to me? When that starts to happen, observation turns into revelation. You actually start to get things from the Lord. Fresh bread, if you will, that you just are able to hear now and see. And so, so we've been talking about how important observation is. But then we go a step further and say, hey, if you, don't, if, if you only observe it, but you do nothing with it, which is the application of it, then something's wrong. Matter of fact, James tells us in James 1, 2, 2, he says to us very clearly to not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. In other words, if I don't begin to apply the word of God, I, I believe this 100% is that you will actually lose the revelation that's been given to you. Like I believe the enemy will steal it from you. That's why you run into people that have been in the church for 30 years and they don't look any different because they've been hearing it, but they haven't been observing it and doing anything with it. You get it. And so part of what we've talked about over the last three weeks is that but today I really want to zero in on prayer because I've found that people struggle here too. They struggle with prayer in their lives. And the nice thing about soap is it's built in. Like if you do it, you will pray, you know, or you'll just have a saw. How, how do you say it? So, uh, right? Because you don't have the P. See what I did there? You, you don't want that. That's weird. So, uh you want the soap. You got to have the p on that thing. If you don't have the p on the thing, then you're not soaping. You got it? So the p is important to what you're trying to do. So it's built in. And so it's going to help you in your prayer life too as you begin to read the Bible. And so like I said, I want to jump in here today and finish the series as we look at prayer because I think this, that, that prayer is really the crescendo. It's the place where we're learning, we're learning, we're hearing, we're, we're discovering, we're, we're thinking about applying. But now, 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 now we're going to talk to God. Now we're interacting with the Lord. And, 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 and we, we, I've even encouraged you to write your prayers out. You know, it can be super helpful. It's fun to sometimes go back and read the prayers you've written and see what God has done with them. I always love to see when God answers them. Because you know God always answers your prayers. I mean, I'll get to that in just a second. God always answers your prayers. And so we'll talk about that in a second. But, but the, the important thing is to see God's activity, to see God moving. And so I thought, hey, the best way for us to do that is to look at Jesus, right? Doesn't that make sense? And so if we want to look at prayer, we, we should maybe look at what Jesus was all about. And so what I want to do is look at where Jesus prayed. And so I think I've found maybe like eight places that, that I want to talk about this morning. Eight places that, that really lift up a value about prayer that Jesus practiced in his own life. And so Jesus prayed, and here's the thing that happened when Jesus prayed, is he, he activated the supernatural. Get this. Prayer is not just, uh, you know, you sitting in a coffee shop or sitting at home with a cup of coffee or whatever your favorite drink is and having just silence and, and it just being kind of like, oh, this is so nice. I love it. You're, right? It's not just that. That's important. Those moments are important. But the thing you have to understand is that when you pray, you are activating the supernatural power of God 
in your lives. I don't know if you realize that. Prayer is not just some little thing we do. It's not just some little activity. No, it's that you are literally activating the supernatural power of God in your life. Doesn't that sound good? Matter of fact, I think people would pray more if they believed it. If they believed that the supernatural power of God was being activated, they'd probably be on their knees a lot more. They'd start, oh, I got, you know, that person would come to you with the problem. The first thing you'd say is, got to pray, got to pray, got to pray. You wouldn't be like, well, that's, uh, let me think about that. I've got really good ideas I'd like to share with you. No, I got to pray because I need the supernatural power of God in my life. Right? So that's, that's what I believe Jesus understood. And so when he prayed, he wasn't just praying to thin air. He was praying to a God that had created the universe. He was praying to a God that could do anything. He was praying to a God of miracles. And so as we look at what Jesus was doing, I think it's important we see that as the background, that prayer absolutely activates the supernatural in our life. And that's what I believe happens with soap. This soap kind of forces us to have that in our lives, that we're consistently praying after we've read the scripture and observed it and applied it. And so here are just a few observations I would make about Jesus praying. As I looked through the scriptures, here's the first one, is that Jesus prayed for others. He prayed for others. And then the Bible's pretty clear about that. And, and I'll read this to you in Matthew 19, 13. Look at this. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay hands on them, right, and pray for them. Get that? Pray for them. See, Jesus wanted to pray for the people. He wanted... Now, what I love about the disciples, and, and this is one thing we have to understand about disciples, and, and if we see ourselves in the disciples, which I think we should, the disciples said to Jesus, uh, this is, well, they actually kind of stepped in. You know what I mean? Like, so, so these kids and these people are coming and say, here, will you pray for my child? Will you pray for this? And the disciples come in and, and they scold the people. You know what I mean? That's not like, hey, you guys shouldn't do that. That's like, stop it right now. Like, that's what it, I mean. It's a scolding. And so it says that the disciples scolded the parents for even bothering Jesus. And, you know, Jesus was like, hey, 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 slow your roll, disciples. Relax. Relax a little bit. This is what I'm about. I want to pray for the people. I want to pray for the kids. I want to pray for the parents. I want to be able to do that because, see, I'm about praying for other people. I'm about praying for other people. And see, see, the disciples just don't get it sometimes. Can you, can you acknowledge that sometimes as disciples, we don't get it? We might misapply something that God is doing. It's possible, isn't it? And so that's what they were doing too. And so we can relate to this. And, and, but I want you to do something real quick. Is Instead of saying Jesus prayed for others, I want you to insert your name. Think about that. You pray for others, right? So Isa prays for others. Frank prays for others. Ben prays for others. You getting it? That, 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 that you too can pray for others. Now, I've heard this, guys. I've heard this as a preacher. I've been in the game a long time. Pastor, I don't pray out loud. I know. I know. And the fact that I'm even saying it, some of you are like, <gasps> right? I, I get it. Here's just a thought. You have the same power 
that raised Jesus from the dead. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the same power in you through the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And you can't pray out loud? Right? That, that's a moment, isn't it? That's a moment. And so I just want to encourage you. I'm not asking you to feel guilty. I'm asking you to see the one that can help you. So often we get focused on ourselves and we say, well, I can't, I can't, I can't, but my God can. If you get your eyes off yourself for a moment and begin to look at the God that can, all of a sudden, woo, you're going to be over there praying for everybody you know. Even if you are introverted, you'll be all right. Take a nap. You will. I know introverts. I get them. It doesn't mean you can't talk to people. It means you need a nap afterwards. So once you pray for everybody in this room, you go home and get a nap in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Because see, Jesus prayed for other people, and so can you, by the very power of God released in your life. And so Jesus prayed for people. Look at this in Matthew 19, 14, and 15. It says, Jesus said, let, the, let these kids come to me. Don't, don't you scold them. Don't, don't, don't you stop them, is what Jesus says, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who look like these children. And so he wants to pray for them. And watch this, in 15 it says, and he placed his hands on their head and he blessed them. Good. Isn't that good? He blessed them before he left. I like that. I like that Jesus wanted to pray for people. Look at this in John 17, 9. My prayer is not for the world. Look at this. Because he's praying, in John chapter 17, he's praying for the disciples. That's what's really cool about the, the whole thing, is he's actually praying for them. But, but, but look, it says here, my prayer is not for the world, but for those who have given, the, those that you have given to me, because they belong to you. In other words, he's saying that these disciples, these people that have said yes to me, he's praying for you. Isn't that cool to think about Jesus prayed for you a long time ago? He's praying for his disciples. And, and he's saying, I want to pray for them. I'm, I, I want that. I, I just love that Jesus is praying for me. Isn't that good news? Isn't it good news to know that Jesus is praying for you? The Bible says that he's interceding on your behalf. I love that. I love to wake up in the morning knowing that Jesus is, is praying for me, that Jesus is interceding for me. That, that helps you with your day, doesn't it? If you remember that, if you think about that. And so prayer activates, it absolutely activates the supernatural in others as well. It starts to activate the supernatural in others as well. You see how that would work, right? If it can activate it in the heavenlies, if it can act, then it can activate it in people's lives. That's why we pray for one another, because the power of God can be released. Okay, number two, that was just number one. We're just getting started. Number two, Jesus prayed with others. He didn't just pray for others. He prayed with others. Now, over the last 21 days, we've been doing something around here called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And it's just been a powerful time in our church. And matter of fact, today is the last day. And so some of you are very excited about that in Jesus' name, right? You're excited. You're like, I'm going to eat. I'm going to do this. I'm going to drink Dr. Pepper. I'm going to, whatever it is, you know, I'm going to eat French fries or eat ketchup. I'm going to do whatever, whatever it is. I'm going to, I'm going to watch videos on YouTube or, you know, whatever it is. You might want to just not do that too much because it'll rot your brain. I'm just telling you, it'll rot your brain. 
But you see, see, we've, we've celebrated the very presence of the Lord and we've, we've prayed and we've sought God. And, and, and that's the thing that, that as we gathered together as a church, as we gathered together, we were praying with each other. And that's what Jesus was doing. He, 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 he always was praying for people, but he also was praying with others. And look at this in Luke 9, 28. It says about eight days later, Jesus took, look at this, Peter, John, and James up on the mountain to pray. And so he gathered a group of people and he went up on the mountain to pray. And so he was with others as he prayed. Acts 1.14 says it this way. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Look at this. Along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Look at that. They were together. They were praying with one another. And that's important, isn't it? Because I know in my life, I can be in my own place and be praying by myself and have those. But... But there's just something about it. When I, get, when I get with other believers, it's just powerful. Because I don't know if it's just that I'm hearing what they're praying about, but it's just something that rises up in me. It's like I just, I want to have faith for them too, you know? And, and, and so it's like, it just, it encourages us. It strengthens us. And it actually puts you in a place for someone to pray over you, which then might lead to greater faith in your life. And, and see, that's what Jesus understood as we begin to pray together. It's a very powerful thing. And so here's my exercise for you. This is one of your homework assignments or one of the things I want you to think about. And it's very specific. Who are the three people that are praying for you on a regular basis? Who are they? Now, I know when I say that, some of you are like... And some of you are like, well, I, could, I rattle them off right now, preacher. I get it. I get it. But don't you think it might be smart to have some people praying for you? That maybe you text every week and say, hey, this is what's going on in my life. I've got this going on. I've got this job thing coming up. I've got this homework assignment coming up. I'm thinking about marrying somebody. I need a little help with that. You know, I, I mean, that you have these people that are interceding for you. Who are your three people? So if you're going home today, think about that. I want you to write it out sometime today. Write out who are those three people. And if you don't have them, this is what I want you to do. Text those people or call them on the phone and say, hey, would you pray for me? Like, would you just do that? Would you, would you pray for me on a regular basis? Like, if I send you updates, would you just pray for me? You know, if I just call you and would tell you, would you pray for me? Guys, I've had pagan lunatics. I'm talking lunatics. When I said, hey, can I pray for you? They say, yes. I'm just telling you, it's very rare that someone says, nope, ain't doing it. Can you imagine that? Hey, I want to pray for you. Hey, can you pray for me? Nope. Right? So, so don't feel like rejection's coming your way. It's not going to happen. And if it does, come back to me. I'll give you a hug. I'll pray over you. And I will find somebody to pray for you. Amen? Amen. So, so I want you to find three people that can come around you and pray for you and be a part of your story. Number three, Jesus prayed alone. Did you know that? Jesus prayed alone. Look at this in, in Luke 5, 16. It says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. You know, so he would go away from the people. He would go away from the crowds. And so he understood the importance of pulling away. He understood the importance of not necessarily always being around people, of having that time of silence and solitude so that he could get his head right and so that he could hear clearly. And, 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 and I don't know, I struggle with this. 
I do. I just, I'm, I'm being honest. Is I'm an extrovert. I don't know if you know that, but it's true. I am. And, and, and so I really like to be around people. Matter of fact, I get energy from being around people. Like, that's the difference between introverts and extroverts. Introverts lose energy from being around people. Extroverts gain energy from being around people. And so for me, I love it. I, I, I'm, I can work a room and just be like full. You know what I'm saying? I just, that's just who I am. And, and, and so the idea of pulling away and going into the wilderness, <laughs> you know, that's not easy for someone like me. Like, I, I, I'm afraid of the woods. You know, there's scary things in woods. Look, I, hey, my, my brothers made me watch horror films when I was a kid. I, I go in the woods, I'm scared. I think that Freddy Krueger is going to kill me. I'm just telling you, it's true. Like, I have to work through that. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I will not have fear of Freddy Krueger as I go into that woods. You know, I'm just like, no. But there is this part of me that doesn't want to do it. And I remember I was encouraged to do it when I was in graduate school working on my Master's of Divinity. I was, I was, I was studying God and all that stuff. And one of my professors said to me, he said, look, we want you guys to take a, a, a silent retreat alone. And I'm like, no, let's not do that. That's a, that's a, that's a bad idea. Right? I mean, you... And so this was my version of a silent retreat. I went to the town over from where we were, and I sat in my truck in a grocery store parking lot all day. That was my form of silence and solitude. So I could still see people, you know, but I couldn't talk to them, you know, but I could see them. And, and so, you know, that was, a, that was how I started trying to pull away so that I might hear God. And, and that's what that wilderness time is a lot of times is, are you silent ever? I mean, in a world that is always going busy, 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 am I, am, do I ever have this, you know? Do, do, do I ever have those moments of silence? Look at this in Psalm 46.10. Verse 10, it says, it says, Be still and know that I'm God. Like God is saying to us sometimes in your prayer time, be still. Like, stop moving. Stop squirming around. I say that to my little girl all the time. Stop it. Stop squirming. Because she's just a wiggle worm, you know? And that's what we are like. It's like we come into the presence of God and we're just wiggle worms. And he's like, stop, 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 stop. Be still, right? Now that scares us, doesn't it? Why does that scare us sometimes? Because see, it's right there that the great physician begins to examine our hearts and he begins to say things to us. He begins to look at the deeper parts of our life. He, he begins to examine those places that we don't want anybody else to know about, the, the thoughts that we have and even some of the actions that we've had. And, and God says, hey, can we talk about that? Like, can, we, can we look at that? And it's not because he's mad at you. He's trying to help you. He's not trying to hurt you like a surgeon is doing it for a purpose, right? He's in there doing what he's doing in order to get you healed, you see? And so God is wanting to be a physician in your life, but sometimes you just got to get quiet enough because, see, it's in the lonely places that the supernatural power of God comes into our life and breakthroughs happen 
So the habits, the hurts, the hang-ups, the addictions that sometimes you can't get over, it's when God lays his hand on it and all of a sudden you start to get what you need and the healing of God begins to come into your life. Because if you spend your life denying the fact that it's even there, how in the world do you get healed? And God is trying to help us see that it's in the lonely places that the supernatural power of God is released for our healing. Number four. We're just on number four. Jesus prayed in nature. Did you know that? He prayed in nature. Some of you are like big nature buffs. I get it. You love nature. I already told you I don't, right? We're good. But listen to what Psalm 19.1 says. It says, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. Isn't that good? The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Isn't that cool? So it's like, like you literally could walk outside and look at the sky and be in awe of your God. But so often we walk outside, we take it for granted. We don't even think about it. We don't even look at it. We're just like, on the work. We don't even look up and say, oh, wow, God, that's amazing. Thank you, Lord. It, couldn't that be intimate with the Lord? Couldn't that be a moment for us with God? Look at this in Luke 6, 12. One day soon afterward, afterwards, Jesus went up on the mountain and he prayed. And look at this. He prayed to God all night. Like he was in that moment where he was out in the open and he was just worshiping the Lord and he was there all night. And guys, here's the truth. Sometimes there are sprint prayers and sometimes there are marathon prayers. And you need both in your life. You need that. And so if you're a sprinter and like that's your thing, thank you, Jesus, God bless you. Right? If, I mean, that's what you do. Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. See you. If that's what you do, that's a sprint prayer. And I'm not saying that's bad. Sometimes that's what you can throw up. But what I am saying is there are times in our life that we need both. We need soaking. We need lingering sometimes. We need those all-nighters occasionally because those are the things that are going to help us. And so Jesus understood that. He understood. And so uh, 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 where in your life have you heard from God in nature? Where has that been? Like, can you think of those moments? Maybe you were out on a mountain somewhere and God spoke to you or you had a reflection of like, wow, this is beautiful. I remember I was in uh, South Dakota and, uh, and I was sitting on top of something that's called Camel's Back. And it's in the Badlands in South Dakota, which is a very desolate place. And I'm sitting on top of, of camel's back, and I'm just sitting up there, and I'm just reflecting. I'm reading my Bible. I'm doing my thing. And, and the sun was so bright. Like, it was so bright. It was like just, ah, you know, it was like burning my eyes to even look at it, right? I was just like, ah, I can't, I can't, I can't look. And in that moment, I feel like I heard the Lord say something to me. And he said, that's what I'm like. When you come into my presence, I am more powerful than you can even imagine or even have the ability to pull in. And it was just like God was just reminding me again of how powerful he is, how strong he is. And that was special to me. And so God sometimes speaks to us in those places, doesn't he? Here's, here's number five. We're, we're getting there. Number five, Jesus prayed based on his knowledge of God and his truths. So Jesus knew about truth. He knew about God, right? And so he would pray based on those things. And so sometimes we hear scriptures like this, John 4, 24, for, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in 
truth. In other words, if you have no truth that's a part of your spirit, you potentially have a problem. That's why sometimes things can get weird in the church. That's why sometimes people have opinions or feelings or emotions and those things get out of whack because they haven't balanced those things out with the word of God. They haven't allowed truth to, have, to come to bear on those, those things that they feel. Does that make sense? Because feelings aren't necessarily bad. They're gifts from God. They're indicators for us. But we have to make sure they're always under the authority of God's truth. See, Jesus knew the truth. Jesus knew all about the truth. And, and the thing that when you read the Bible, when you soak, you're actually getting the truth of God in your life. You, your spirit becomes stronger. And so when you come into worship, you have something to say. You have something to bring back to the Lord because you're reflecting back to God what he's been teaching you. And so as you read in the scripture that I can see God here and God did this and God was faithful there and he was faithful to Israel and he was faithful here and he was, you walk into church and you're like, God, thank you for being faithful to me today because see now you've learned a truth and so your worship is getting stronger because you have the truth of God in your life here's the thing I know if Jesus believed this stuff if he believed this truth then I'm going with Jesus I'm just telling you I, it's like guys we all have lies in our life don't we people have spoken things over our lives that aren't even true People have said things to us they've been mean to us they've spoken words of death in our lives whatever it is and I'm just saying, wouldn't you be better off if you just traded those things in for what God says about you? Wouldn't you be better off? Wouldn't you accomplish more for the kingdom of God if you just say, you know what, I'm rejecting those lies and I'm going with Jesus on this one. I'm rejecting those things those people said and I'm going with Jesus on this one. I'm not going over here anymore. I'm going with Jesus on this one. You see what I'm talking about? That's what the truth does. Is it, puts it, it puts those things in check. And so I'm going with Jesus. Look at this in John 8, 32. He says, and you will know the truth. Do you know that? How do you know the truth? You get into the word of God. You will know the truth. Watch this. And the truth will set you free. So the things that have held you back, the bondages in your life, the things that you can't get off you, the things, the addictions, the, the relationships that are pulling you down, whatever it is, the Bible says that once you get the truth of the word of God in you, now you can be free. Now. Because so often we don't know how to fight those battles, do we? And so we get it off of us at church, and so we pray, and we feel better, and we walk out to our car, and the devil comes back and says, hey, you really are a loser. Comes right back on you. Because you don't know how to fight yet. You don't know how to say, no, 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 you're the loser. Yeah, you're, no, you're the loser. I, I'm not a loser. I'm a child of God, right? I'm a, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of the king. You, you're the loser. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, shouldn't we say that? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm giving you permission, children. If, if you want to call somebody a loser, you can call the devil a loser, all right? And your parents are like, I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he said he could say loser. It's okay. I promise. I promise. And if you're mad at me, um, talk to Ben. <laughs> Number six. Number six. Jesus prayed often. He was just praying often. You know, like the Bible even says, pray without ceasing. How in the world do you do that? Like, I've found that sometimes I just walk through my day talking to the Lord. And I know that's weird. Some of you are like, you're crazy. Well, that's fine. I don't really care. But sometimes I just say to the Lord, hey, Lord, help me here. I'm walking into a meeting. Help me, Jesus. I need help because this, this is a tough one. 
You know, I just, I'm just talking to the Lord. And so you need to be in there often, seeking God. Jesus, look at this, in Luke 5, 16, it says, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Remember? He was often doing it. And I, I remember uh, when I was younger, uh, I, well, I wasn't too young, but I was younger. I'm a huge fan of the World Cup. And so I'm really upset with the United States right now, the fact that we didn't even make the World Cup. I mean, it's a sad day. But, but at this time, it was probably like two World Cups ago, right? So they happen every four years. And I remember uh, the time changes were messing everything up. And so in order to watch a game live, I had to get up at like three in the morning to watch the game. And so at three in the morning, I'm watching a game and I'm watching, I think it was the United States playing Portugal and we were winning. And so, I mean, I am losing my mind at three o'clock in the morning. I mean, I am cheering like a crazy person, right? And, and, and the point of saying that is so often we make time for the things that are important to us. You know, and at that moment, that was important to me. And so I got up, I set my alarm. And yet sometimes what happens is, is prayer doesn't rise to that occasion. It doesn't, it doesn't come to that place in our lives. We don't, we don't reach for it like that. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad or make you feel guilty. I'm just simply trying to get you to see that sometimes we got to reconsider some things. Because if we believe that prayer un unlocks the supernatural in our lives, well, friends, we need to get that right. If we need the supernatural power of God in our life, we need to get that right. Correct? That's where an amen comes in, Pastor. That's good. Amen. Yes, that's good. I receive it in Jesus' name. Yeah. <laughs> Some of you are like, you yeah, know, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Number seven. Number seven. Here we go. Jesus prayed unselfish prayers. Look at this in Luke 22, 41 through 42. He walked away about a stone's throw and he knelt down and he prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering. He's praying that he, about the cross and that he's going to have to go to the cross on our behalf. And he says, please let this cup of suffering pass away. But then he says this, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And so Jesus knew how to pray an unselfish prayer. Because I don't know if you know how the story goes, but Jesus, that prayer wasn't answered in the affirmative. That prayer was answered with a no. Isn't that interesting to think about? And then Jesus goes to a cross, dies a brutal death for you and for me. Why? Because, see, God's purpose superseded Jesus' feelings. And he, he knew in that moment that, it, that the purpose that he had come was more important than what he was feeling in that moment. And he said, Lord, not my will be done, but yours. And you know, the cool thing about that is, is that's what leads to all of our salvation. That's what leads to all of our abilities to gain freedom in our life, to even have a relationship with God. We take prayer for granted and you don't even understand that there was a time in history that you didn't even have access. And yet God comes in that moment. And so as Jesus surrenders. So, so I said earlier, like God always answers our prayers. And like a lot of times we don't think about that. We, we don't, you know, but I, it's true. Here are, three, here are three answers that God gives you when you pray. The first is yes. Like that's a good one, right? You're like, yeah, yeah. I had that. The other is no. And we see that even with Jesus. 
No. And then here's the other one is not yet. Yes, no, and not yet. God is always answering our prayers and he's answering in one of those three ways. And it's important we understand that because see, he's not, he's not hiding. He's not trying to, to keep us from something. The problem is, is that sometimes what happens is we only want yes. <laughs> huh? That's what we want. I want yes, Lord. I don't want a maybe. I don't want a no. I mean, I want yes. And so what happens is when God says no to us, it's a character moment, isn't it? It's a moment to say, okay, is it, is it more about God's will or is it more about my will? Am I willing to surrender my desires for his? And so God, sometimes it's a gut check. It's a character moment to decide, am I, am I, when God says no to you, what do you do? Here, I'll give you an example on an earthly scale. When your boss says no to you, what happens to you? When he says no, you've been working on this project. No. Do you walk out the door? I mean, oh, I hate that boss. He's just a dirtbag. He don't even know. Right? Maybe you talk around the water cooler, you know, to your friends. Oh, I, I worked all day and I presented this wonderful thing to my boss. And, and he said no. And everybody's like, oh. And everybody's like, oh. Right? And, and, and it starts to feed it. Let me tell you something. The earthly plane, a lot of times, is a reflection of our vertical relationship. Get that. That earthly experience, the things that we do on earth, has a lot to do with our vertical relationship. And there's a part of me that wants to suggest to you today that when we hear no from our boss and we go off the handle, is the same way we're going to be when God says no. I'm just telling you. I know that stings a little bit, so let that digest. Let that digest. But that's some revelation for some of you. It's going to save your job. It's going to save you. But see, God answers yes, no, and sometimes he says not yet. Why would he say not yet? Because he knows the purpose. He knows where we're going. He has the vision to know. And so when he says not yet, you need to say, okay, that means that God's timing is better than my timing. It might be his will, but it's not his timing. Making sense? And so when it's his will, it doesn't mean that it's his timing. And so you got to be patient because I'll tell you this, you are always better off not kicking the door in. I'm just telling you, God opens doors. God will open the right door for you at the right moment. And I'm not even saying it's always going to be easy, but when that door opens, you will see it. He's not hiding from you. He's not being secretive. You stay in his word, and I guarantee you, you will know that that's the door. He will help you know. And so often we think we're going to miss it, don't you? Don't you? Don't you think that? Like, especially in relationships, people do this. Well, if, if I don't do this, if, if, if I don't give this person what they want, if I, if I don't do this, then all of a sudden that relationship is going to go away from me, right? And so we're, we push it and we push it and we push it and we go outside of God's will even and we push and we push and we push and we think that somehow, oh, it's going to work out. And I'm just telling you, when you get ahead of God, you are in danger you're in danger. And your response is, Lord, whatever you want, man. I, I, you walking like this? I'm walking like this. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm walking. You guys getting anything out of this? Okay, I just, I, you know, a little quiet this morning. I have to start amen in myself in a second. And so Jesus prayed unselfish prayers, but finally I'll end with this. Jesus taught persistence in prayer, didn't he? Persistence. And he tells this story. i got to share this story with you. It's a, it's a messed up story, all right? Get, get, watch this. This is in Luke 18. 
chapter, uh, verse 1. Look, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Right? So he's talking about persistence in prayer. Verse 2, it says, there was a judge in a certain city. And this judge, he wasn't a good dude. He didn't fear God, and he didn't care about people. That's a problem, right? And so in verse 3, it says, A widow of that city, excuse me, a, a widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he says to himself, Look at this. This is so good. <laughs> I don't fear God. And I don't even care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. <laughs> good. He says, I'm going to see that she gets justice just because she's wearing me out with her constant appeal. Isn't that a good story? Jesus is trying to get us to see that, 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 that so often we, we say, Jesus, can you? And then we never mention it again. And he's trying to get us to see that there's something about the, 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 the persistence. And see, I don't think it's about like if you put in 100 hours that all of a sudden God's going to answer your prayers. I don't think that's really what it's saying. Because see, I think prayer is really about the relationship. It's, it's more about the relationship. It's more about the time in as a relationship. So it's not so much about the hours that you log that somehow now unlocks God's favor in your life. That's not, that's not I don't think what Jesus is saying. But he is trying to describe to us what it would look like for us to be a little nutty. Just, just a little nutty. Just a little, little nutty. You know, the, that we're just a, a little crazy. We're just a little off to the point that even sometimes the social norms of life aren't really on our mind when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. That, 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 that he's not sitting up there and it's five o'clock and he's going home for the day. You know what I mean? That he's just kind of like, well, get me tomorrow. No! God is sitting there wondering, are you going to say anything? Are you going to talk? And, and, and what's cool is what Jesus is saying is, keep talking, keep pressing, Keep coming, because what happens is eventually what happens through the relationship is God's like, man, I love that. I love that you're giving it that kind of effort, man. Oh, that's good. I was going to give it to you a couple weeks from here, but I'm giving it to you now because I can see that you'll be faithful with it. I'll see that, I can see that you're not going to just use it for yourself. I can see that you've grown. I can see that you've become the person that God wants you to be. And so, 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 so I'm going to give it to you now because I love you. Isn't that good to think about? Isn't that good? And so God wants you to get a little nutty. And so let's drive God a little crazy. You know what I mean? Let's, let's knock on heaven's door as much as we can. Let's get out there and say, God, I'm, I'm going to drive you a little crazy today over this particular issue. My friend has cancer, and I'm going to drive you a little crazy about this. My friend's out of a job. I'm going to drive you a little crazy about this. I've got this over here, and I'm going to drive you a little crazy about this. You with me? Are you with me, church, that we would do that, that we would be that kind of church? God, I'm going to bother you today. I'm going to bother you today, Lord. I'm going to keep pressing, keep pressing. I'm going to be persistent because, see, I believe this 100% that this world needs Jesus. People in this world are dying in their sin. We need God's presence among us. There are people in this world that are being destroyed by the culture. And what are we doing? 
Are we praying? Are we knocking on heaven's door? Are we going after these things so that our culture and our community could be transformed by God? There are women in this community that are being abused by people. What are we doing about it? Are we praying about it? Are we, are we doing anything? I mean, even if you don't know what to do, you can pray. I mean, we're, this, this community is being ravished. Just go over the hills. We're being ravished by methamphetamines, opiates, and drugs. What are we doing about it? Are we getting a little crazy for the Lord? Are we knocking on his door saying, Lord, will you do something? Will you create an avenue for this church to make a difference? Will you build a hope center out there that we can be a part of? Can you do something today, Lord? Because I want to see you move. I want to see people's lives change. I want to see addictions broken off people's lives. I want to see those things. I don't know if you want to see those things. Do you? And so my point is, is that we could be that kind of church if we begin to pray like that. Okay, I'm done. I'm done, I know. God, God wants to do a work in our church, you know? But we got to be ready. We got we to gotta do our part. God always do his part. He will. But we're... If you'll create space for him, he'll, 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 he'll fill it. I promise. And so as you begin to apply the soap method in your life, I just pray that God would, that, man, it would lead you to some massive breakthroughs. Church, would you pray with me? God, I just, I pray right now that you would unlock the supernatural in our church. That the power of God would be unlocked today that the supernatural power of God would be released in this place. God, that we literally would see miracles, that we literally would see people getting free from addictions. We literally would see poverty broken off the backs of people to the second, third, and fourth generation. God, we believe in faith. We believe in faith that you could do something. And so, so Lord, we just put our faith and our trust in you. And so if you're here today and, and you're like, I, I want this to, I want to see that happen. I'm with you, pastor. I want to see that. I want to pray for you today. And so if that's you, would you just raise up your hand? I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand up if you're in. If you're like, I'm in, I, I, pastor, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this. I'm going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I pray in Jesus. Jesus, I just pray right now. I pray that you would bless the people that are stepping out in faith right now. I ask in Jesus' name that you would raise an army of people that are committed to soaping, that are committed to praying, that are committed to doing the things you've called us to do. God, I believe in faith that you're doing it. God, you changed the world with 12. God, I'll take 10. I'll take 10, Lord. I want to see it happen. And so, Lord, I believe in faith today for great things, for great things. Mm, God, it's so good. And I know earlier I talked about how Jesus went to a cross to die for us. And I don't know if you know that as your story. And I just want to I just want to bring something to you. The Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that He'll come in and He'll change you. He'll save you and transform you. And so right now I wonder if that's your story. And if it's not your story, I'd love for you to take that step of faith. And so right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder if you're willing to take it. Take hold of it. 
And so if you are, I'd love to give you that opportunity. And so right now, uh, what I'm going to ask you to do on the count of three is to just simply raise your hand up that I might see it. And like I said, nobody's looking around or anything. I just want to see it so I can pray for you. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, one, two, three. Go ahead and raise your hand up. Go ahead. Go ahead. God bless you. God bless you. All right. Church, let's all pray together right now. We're all praying together. Nobody's praying alone. We're going to pray this prayer. So if you raised your hand or if you wanted to, let's just, let's just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I need a Savior, God. Would you forgive me of my sins? I surrender to you today. Will you be my Lord? Change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today?